Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. Welcome back, Savvy Souls. So I'm a bit fired up about the topic today, and I'm excited to talk to you about it. And the topic is about ageism. But hold on, if like many of my listeners, you're younger rather than older, because this episode is going to make you rethink some things and will be beneficial to you no matter what stage of life you're at now. And this is something that really fires me up because I think there's a conception out there that doesn't work very well for people about the seasons of life. The standard way of thinking about the seasons of your life is our life is one cycle And there's the spring part of our life when we're youthful and the world of possibility is open to us. And then there's the summer where we're in our growth phase, where we're maturing and growing and learning. And then there's the autumn where we're kind of winding down, you know, the leaves are starting to fall off the trees, um, but we're mature. And then the winter which is kind of the end of life. It's the stillness and contemplating about what's happened in the past. That kind of conception is that that's what our life is like. And so we look at other people and I think there's a part of us that categorizes what age or season they're in. And even more importantly, we look at ourselves and we categorize what age or season that we're in. And I don't think that this is a very useful way to think about life because I think it's very limiting for a whole bunch of reasons I'm going to describe to you. So I see this a lot playing out a lot in a lot of life circumstances. I was a partner at Ernst & Young and in that structure at that time, there was a compulsory retirement age between 58 and 60. And if you got a special dispensation, you might be able to stay till you're about 62. And part of it was because of the way partner economics work, but a lot of it was based on this idea as a firm, we want to be young and dynamic and, out there and really engaged and vibrant. And people who are younger are best to do that, people in the earlier seasons of their life. I remember when I was around 45, there ended up being a bit of an issue because there were all these stellar partners who were about 15 years older than us. So they were at the retirement age. These were five-star partners. These were some of them world famous just wise old souls who'd been around ever since, you know, for decades, who'd been around through a whole bunch of legislative changes who were walking 
keepers of history and knowledge. And yet, like, and this isn't just an EY thing, this is the professional firms were all like this. We were basically putting these people out to pasture. And then we had this dilemma. There were a bunch of us in our 40s and we went through these processes to, okay, how can I elevate Heather's profile? How can I elevate Angelo's profile so that these people can be kind of the new old guard because we're losing all these other people. And it was all based on these compulsory retirement rules, the system that basically put people out to pasture. And I think that kind of view that you can be too old to contribute and you need to make way for the young is not very useful. It's not very constructive. And I don't think it gets the best results. So I want to throw out a different conception about the seasons of your life that's different than this standard thinking of life as one cycle. And you might be guessing where I'm going to go with this. That is life is a series of cycles. We have spring, summer, fall, and winter over and over again. So spring is the cycle where we're learning new things. We're in new areas. We're in that well of curiosity and excitement about the newness. And then summer is our growth and maturation period where we put these new ideas, uh, we plant them, we watch them grow, we change them, we watch them grow some more. Fall is the evolution where our ideas really mature, where we really get into growth and changing things and making them better and taking advantage of our experiences and wisdom from the growth we've achieved so far and making it better. And then winter is this distilling part where we stop and we reflect and we look at what we've done and we soak in the lessons that worked and we become contemplative and create spaces for spring to happen again. And then we go through these cycles and we go through them over and over again. And if you think about, I think a lot of people use circles to represent the seasons. So if you imagine in your mind, a circle where there's spring and then summer and then fall and then winter, it's this repetitive cycle. But think as you grow older, the circle gets bigger. The circle widens in its dimensions just because it's informed by more experiences. I'm often inspired by people that don't walk into our societal biases about what age must mean and what you must be going through at various stages of your life, various ages of your life that you're mapping together with a season. I think about these two gentlemen that I knew. They were a couple that lived in my neighborhood about 10 years ago. And my ex and I would go for dinner with them about once a month. I call them the Gords. It was these two guys. It was Gord and his husband. And Gord 
and his husband were each about 76. And Gord was about the most vibrant guy I met. He had this wildly successful business that uh, involved luxury cars and helping build dealerships. And it was pretty amazing. And he, we lived in High Park in Toronto and his office was in some suburb. I'm not very good with the suburbs, but it was some distance away and Gord would get on his motorcycle and ride there. And one night I remember we were going out for dinner and talking about his business. He had hired an apprentice and his idea he was going to spend the next five years helping his apprentice really master this kind of unique skill he had at building these dealerships so that his apprentice could take over the business at which time he would be 81. And then he told us his plan was to train as a commercial real estate person. He figured he could acquire all of the skills he needed by the time he was 82 and he would bring all this knowledge about building location and design and be an excellent commercial real estate agent. And that way he had of thinking about the world really excited me because it filled me with possibility and changed kind of my conceptions about what is possible. Another person who's been really instrumental to me on the age front was my grandma. My grandma was a teacher. Her family were pioneers in Saskatchewan. Her family moved to Saskatchewan before uh, Saskatchewan was even a province and, you know, literally broke open the land and um, started to farm and built these big wheat farms. And they lived through the depression and she became a school teacher and pretty much every everyone in her small town of Wawoda over the generations knew my grandma. And one thing I really loved about her was when she was younger, she was quite stern and rigid and very conservative in her social beliefs, but she just kept growing and evolving and transforming and really in her late seventies and early eighties became incredibly open to experience. She was all ready to say yes, no matter what the activity was, if it was with a bunch of old people who were going to jump on a bus and drive a thousand miles to Chicago to watch a couple of baseball games, she was a yes. If young people invited her to a party and a dance, she was a yes. She just said yes to everything and she didn't care about age. And when she died, when she was 82 and I went to her funeral, I met her best friend at the time who was a 42 year old woman. And I really thought about that example. I was thinking about how vibrant her life was because she surrounded herself with people of all ages and it kept her young and vibrant and also allowed her to share her wisdom with younger people. It was a two-way street. They helped her and she helped them. And it made me vow that I would always have friends of dramatically different ages, as well as friends of my own age, because I think that keeps my mind the most open and energized. 
Um, I think about a partner of mine I was talking to at the beginning of this episode about how my firm had a policy of putting their partners out to pasture at between 58 and 62. And there was this guy, I guess I won't mention him by name, but he was a world famous tax authority. And unlike so many of the partners who are forced to retire and just can't figure out what to do with themselves, because I think what they're thinking is I'm now in the winter stage of my life. And so I'm limited to these particular things. A lot of partners who left, I was quite shocked when I met them later. And basically what they mostly did was golf, play cards and go on cruises. They, they weren't thinking about, wow, what can I learn now? But this guy, what he did was he decided to go back to school, start right at the beginning, start right at undergraduate. And he ultimately got a PhD in fine arts and now takes all the enthusiasm he had and interest he had in tax and becoming one of the best tax practitioners in the world to becoming an authority on early Christian art. He has a network of churches that he writes learned articles for, and he's making a mark in the fine arts world, even though he's in his late seventies. I love this idea in indigenous cultures and not just indigenous cultures, many cultures around the world where we actually value and respect elders who have circles of people around them where they teach them what they've learned through their vast experience of life. I love that idea. And I think as a society, we lose important contributions by deciding that older people aren't value. What would our lives be like if we maintain relationships with our wise elders? This makes me think of a mastermind group. It started out being a mastermind group that I was in at my women's business club in Toronto called Verity. I was in a mastermind group, uh, I guess we first met in 2014 and we've continued to meet socially over the years. And in this group, there were mostly people my age and a bit older, but we had a couple women that were much younger. One woman in particular was a very young mother and she decided to be in our mastermind group instead of a mastermind group with a bunch of other young mothers because she felt that she would learn more, that she would be able to harness our wisdom. And so she has over the years, she's risen from a fairly junior position to an incredibly senior job at an insurance company where she's definitely in the running to be in the C-suite. And I do believe it's because she benefited from the wisdom that we were able to share. And likewise, it's an equal exchange because our group has benefited so much from her contributions, from her insights, from growing up in a different generation, being exposed to different things, being more technologically savvy, just learning different things. And it's been a two-way street and it's made our group so rich. And I think 
those of us who are older in the group have benefited so much from associating ourselves with this younger person. I really do believe very strongly that businesses are illogical when they rule out older people and they skew things to just younger people. I believe all of us can benefit hugely from age diversity. I think we're finely tuned and aware to the benefits of diversity on so many other tracks, racial, religious, philosophical, left brain, right brain, all of that kind of stuff. And likewise, I believe very strongly we all benefit from age diversity. So if you're younger, reach out to somebody who's who's older and soak up some of the wisdom. And if you're older, don't assume that younger people can't teach you anything. They have so much to offer because they've had different life experiences and their brains have a lot more nimbleness about technology and fluidity than we do just because of the life challenges they've had that are so different. Age is a two-way street and we all can be there invigorating each other. So I want you to really think about your own life and think about what assumptions you're making about yourself. Are you fixing yourself in this idea that you're in a particular season of your life and there is just one cycle. And so if you are in your winter, you can't be in your spring. How rigid are you thinking about that? I've been kind of in my spring for a long time and I'd say now I'm shifting over into summer. So moved into spring in my late fifties and now in my sixties, I'm in the beginnings of my summer. And I found that during those periods, I had a lot more in common with much younger people than with people my age in many cases, except for people my age who weren't slotting themselves into the autumn or winter seasons. And so I'd like you to ask yourself, hey, if this were spring, what would I do? Or if this were summer, what would I do? Like, Just open yourself to the idea that they're rotating cycles in your life. And what season do you want to be in right now? Is it a season of distillation? Is it a season of new ideas? Is it a season of growth? Is it a season of maturation and cementing your ideas? I'd like you to also go back and look at your life and see if you can break down some cycles that you've been through to notice that your life isn't just one big cycle, to notice the cycles, the complete cycles that you've been through over and over again and try to identify them. And then the last thing I'd like you to do is just notice who you surround yourself with. There's that tried and true advice that you're the five people that you surround yourself with the most, that you reflect the characteristics of those people. Well, when you look at the five or 10 people that are around you, what kind of age diversity do you have? If you're older, do you have a youthful presence in your life? And have you also managed to find somebody older than you that you can still benefit from? And if you're young, what age 
differences are you exposed to and who could you start including in your circle? I'd like you to really think about that and open yourself up to that. I believe that when my grandma, who I told you about earlier, when she did that, her life really expanded. It was from hanging out with these younger people that she was able to really shake off some of her prejudices and rigid ideas and think so expansively in her elder years. And from what I saw from her friend who was 42 and so devastated when she died, the younger person was benefiting greatly from hanging out with somebody four decades older. So friends, I hope this helps you think about age differently. I hope you think about how age differences could help you in your business, in your career, and in your personal life. Love you guys. Think expansively about all things and think expansively about age this week. See you next time. Bye. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.